Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. In our epistle this morning, St. Paul writes to the Romans, and he says, Brethren, I reckon... You didn't know St. Paul was from Southern Virginia, did you? No. He says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The term he uses here, his phraseology, is actually more of a term of commerce, of purchase power. Uh, A better translation, which would maybe better convey uh, his terminology, would be the sufferings of the present time are a small price to pay for the glory which shall be revealed. The implication is that the sufferings we endure in this life are some sort of currency, something we use to purchase the eternal glory that we hope for, that we were created for, that we are moving towards, that is drawing us up to God. The sufferings, the sufferings that all of us, everyone, in some way or another, goes through in this corrupt mortal life, become the means, become the means in some way, by the grace of God, by the providence of God and the power of God, they become the very means by which we obtain our greatest hope. It's a paradox. Well, what are the sufferings of this present time that St. Paul is referring to? Many things might come to mind. We might immediately think of the most obvious of uh, persecution. We see our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world being bodily persecuted for their faith. There's soft persecution too. We can be persecuted at work. We can be denied a promotion. Uh, Of one way or another, we could be persecuted by neighbors or friends or family. But a lot of us, most of us, are probably not going through that kind of hard persecution, not at least in our present circumstances. But there's other suffering that come from many very different places. There's outward circumstances that we all face in this life. Maybe bodily sickness, maybe money problems, job problems, things like that. Maybe we have conflict with people. Maybe we've been betrayed, mistreated, spoken against, slandered. Maybe we're struggling with someone, someone close to us. This causes us suffering, deep suffering. Mental health problems, emotional suffering. I don't know what the statistics are, but from my experience, it seems like about one out of two people these days is going through. So if that's you, don't feel bad. It's, it's, it's half the congregation. We're, there's a lot of emotional, mental health suffering that people are going through these days. Anxiety, depression, depression and anxiety, disorders of one kind or another. This is suffering to us. It creates deep and terrible suffering for so many people. Now, some people, maybe they're not suffering from you know, difficult circumstances. They're getting along with everyone. 
They don't have anxiety. They're not depressed. They're generally happy. Life is good, right? What are they suffering from? What do they have to, what currency do they have to trade in to help them along this path to glory? Well, there are a couple other kinds of suffering. One is ubiquitous. Every man, every, every human being is going through this. And the second one, which I'll get to in a moment, every human being should be going through. The first is the suffering of sin. The suffering from the power of sin that permeates this life, this world, this corrupt creation, even our own physical bodies, our own souls. The sinful passions which afflict everyone. All of us suffer from our own sinful passions. We might even call this the suffering of the will. The suffering of the will or the suffering of choice. The suffering, let me explain, the suffering of the will or the suffering of choice. I thought God gave us our will. Well, I'm going to just try and parse this out briefly here. There's a suffering which comes from temptation to choose. Temptation is a temptation of choice. Shall I choose this or shall I choose this? Being put in that situation, being in that situation of having to choose and potentially choosing unwisely and the pull, both of these are pulling, the choice to choose good, to choose wisely, we feel the pull of our nature from God the pull of the righteousness of God, and then the choice to choose unwisely, we feel the pull of the appetites of our flesh inspired by the demons and deceit. This pull from both sides of us is suffering. That in and of itself is suffering. Well, that's the existence of our, of our will to choose. Our will to choose, which is driven by our appetites and our desires. And these desires are pulling us in different directions. And this is a great suffering that every human being has to endure. When God created you, when he created man, he didn't create us in a motionless, static position create us and set us there, and then say, okay, choose which way you're going to go. That's not how it worked. When man comes into being by God's creation, he's thrown into being. Man throws him into being. He hurls him into existence. And he hurls him in a very specific direction. Our very existence Innate to our very existence is movement. We are hurled in movement into being. This is a part innately of what we are as creatures of God, as human creatures. So he didn't think, think of it this way. He didn't, he didn't throw like you would take a rock and just throw it into the mud and there it sticks. That's not how it happened. We're more like a bowling ball. Like he's throwing a bowling ball. When he... When he caused our creation it's like he he threw a bowling ball in a certain direction and on we go with this great force this great movement this directional movement which is beautiful and holy the very movement itself is part of the beauty and holiness of our creation it is our movement towards the fullness of being towards God himself 
And as long as we are moving in this way, ascending, unimpeded, free of any kind of aggression or opposite force, free movement, then we are in a place and state of bliss and joy, peaceful light. Everything is beautiful. Not only is everything beautiful, but everything gets more beautiful as we move along. Now, that will be our state for all eternity. But we all know from personal experience that this delightful trip, this easy, easy, natural, forward movement that we should be enjoying has been tragically interrupted. It has been challenged by an opposite force, by an adversary. We all know that it is now not so easy to keep moving unimpeded in the original direction of our natural creation, that direction that we had been thrown by God himself. The perceptive person will know that even though we are torn now, we are pulled in different directions, that our forward movement towards God is not unimpeded, the perceptive person will understand that that is still the natural direction for us to go in. That is, as we are created by God, it is our nature to move in that way toward God. It is our desire to move in that way. Our desire, as we were made by God, is for God. Even though there is a resistance going on, there's a pull in another direction, away from the beautiful life. And it's a pull, though, that we innately hate. We innately hate, even though sometimes it's hard to be aware of that. We do not want it, even though it is very powerful. So there are these two desires, these two hungers, these two pulls. The true and natural desire to move up into the light, but there is also this unholy appetite within us, of the corrupt flesh which tries to pull us away from our true desire of God. It is the conflict, the tension between these desires which is the source of our suffering. That's where our suffering comes from. You know, we could say the martyr saints suffered as they were being martyred, they bodily suffered. Paul was stoned and all of these things. They suffered, but in truth, because their will was perfectly aligned with God, though they suffered bodily, what they endured was really nothing. They were more or less in a state of ecstasy. Even St. Lawrence being grilled on the griddle. He with joy could respond to his persecutors because he had found a way to move unimpeded in the direction for which he was created. And in that movement, he found the lightness of joy. It became easy. Life became easy. The sufferings of this present time, they become, for the wise person of faith, currency with which we purchase our freedom from unnatural choice. That choice that we are in right now where we are having to choose between the good 
and the bad, that is an unnatural choice. That's not the kind of choice that God threw us into when he made us. It's the kind of choice that we created for ourselves by listening to the deceitful one. It's the kind of choice that causes pain in deliberation. The kind of choice that is a temptation. It is a suffering to be tempted by this kind of choice. True joy is freedom from this painful deliberation. Shall I go this way or that? As St. Paul says, O wretched man that I am. O wretched man that I am. To be free to move without hindrance, without internal opposition. To return to that natural state where we are freely moving toward God. That is what we seek. And strangely enough, St. Paul tells us that we return to this state progressively. We return to this state through the very suffering that we endure. (laughs) Through the very suffering that we endure, this becomes our currency. This becomes the means by which we return to a place of natural love for God. Whether it be the outward circumstantial difficulties of life, whether it be the universal suffering of our own sinful passions, our own anger and resentment, our lack of generosity and love, our self-centeredness, struggling with those things, struggling against them. Even, even when we fail to overcome them, even when we give in to our sin, even then, the suffering that results from our own sinfulness becomes an opportunity for us to get back into this free movement towards God. What does Paul say? Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Oh, happy fault. God's power and love is so great that in His providence, He can transform even our own sin into an opportunity for us to get back on the right and easy path. Now, there's another suffering, the third one, which I will close with. I had mentioned that everyone should be enduring. Not all do. That is the self-imposed suffering, which comes from discipline and self-denial. This is the purpose of ascesis, the Christian life of discipline, of denying the body its raging appetites, by ruling them, by ruling them conscientiously with the grace of the Spirit, deliberately in wisdom, we return through this means to our true and natural desire for God. This too becomes for us and should be the primary, because if a person is doing this adequately, then I don't know how this exactly works. Maybe it's not, you know, tit for tat, but uh, the discipline of the Lord comes into our lives perhaps when we are not doing an adequate job of self-denial. If we're not going to do it, our good, loving, heavenly Father says, okay, well, I suppose I will have to do that for you. So we maybe have a choice to some extent whether we are going to embrace a discipline a suffering of discipline, of ascesis in our life, which will help us to return to the true love and desire of God, 
Or if we won't, God, because he loves us, he will see to it that we have ample opportunity for such. So you kind of have a choice which way you want to go. It's easier if you just take it yourself. Um, It usually goes easier for you. But when we do this, when we embrace a life of ascesis, and we embrace a life of self-denial through, you know, keeping our mouth shut when we want to bark at someone, through forgiveness, through fasting, through prayer, and all of these other things that we do, this too becomes an opportunity, becomes the best opportunity for us to purchase a good end, to return ourselves to the freedom from temptation and the freedom of the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.